Welcome to another edition of The Preview Show. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello, good evening, and welcome back to another live edition of the preview show. Later than initially advertised, unfortunately, it was one of those days. Uh, sometimes work just takes over. Sometimes uh, there are articles, there are bits of uh, content, there are just things that come up, don't they, um, during the course of the day that ends up throwing your schedule out a little bit. I had one of those days today where a couple of curveballs were thrown my way. Um, but we're here now and we're going to look ahead to that game between Arsenal and Manchester City on Sunday. Now, been speaking a lot this week about priorities and, you know, what Arsenal should be prioritising given the current situation we find ourselves in. We talked a lot about the fact that Manchester City are so good at the moment. They're so imperious. They're almost unstoppable. And so is this a game that we have any chance of winning? Is this a game that Mikel Arteta should be looking at as an opportunity to rotate players, as an opportunity to potentially give his team a breather ahead of the second leg against Benfica, which feels a little bit more important at the minute? I don't know. Um, Mikel Arteta will never say it. You know, Mikel Arteta will never come out and say that for him, the, the, the chances of qualifying for Europe via the Premier League are very slim. And so he's going to prioritise the Europa League. He's never going to say that. It would it would be a bad move from a PR perspective. It would be a bad move in terms of heaping the pressure on himself um, as we continue our hunt for Europa League glory. Uh, so Mikel's not going to say that. But there will come a point in the season, and perhaps that point hasn't come yet, where Mikel would have to make that choice, make that decision and decide which route he feels is the more likely and, and go for broke in that particular competition. I spoke about the potential of resting players, of rotating players, and there are Arsenal players who haven't played um, a lot in the last couple of weeks and are available um, you know, to come into the side and probably don't actually weaken us a great deal. You know, An example would be Rob Holding at the back. I think he's been really good over the last few months and I've been talking about him almost making that right central defensive role his own. But he's found himself on the substitutes bench for a couple of games now. He should be sharp. He should be fit. He should be rested. He should be ready. So he's somebody that could come in. Could Pablo Marie come into the side? So Arsenal have two central defensive options that they could bring into the team. You move into the midfield and you look at somebody like Mohamed Elneny who, again, hasn't played a great deal of football. Not that I want to see him in the starting eleven, by the way, but I'm just making the point, you know, just making the point that Arsenal do have players who have been rested over this last, what, seven, eight days and are potentially uh, waiting in the wings to come in and, and impact on the game. People like Nicolas Pepe, people like Alexander Lacazette, these guys have found themselves watching in from the sidelines. And so could any of them be called into the side? on Sunday. Mikel Arteta 
is likely to rotate. You know, he's likely to rotate in certain positions. And Mikel Arteta will, as I say, he won't admit that he is maybe prioritising the Europa League. He'll dress it up as though we're playing a lot of games in a close period of time and we've had to make some changes. We've had to do it because they've been enforced. You know, will Kieran Tierney come back into the side? Another person um, who you're not going to say is fully sharp because he's been out for a few weeks now, but, you know, he's another player uh, that could come into the side. So Mikel Arteta has options um, this weekend, and I, I want to um, I want to run through the team that that I think should play. And again, it's the team that I think should play, not necessarily the one I expect Mikel Arteta to pick. I'm going to share with you guys a prediction as well. But first, we're going to have a look a little bit into this fixture and the history of it. And the reality is that in the Premier League, Arsenal have really, really struggled to cope with Manchester City. You know, really struggled. We have lost one, two, three, four, five of the last five against Manchester City in the Premier League. You know, we lost at the Etihad by a goal to nil back in October. Thought Arsenal did okay that day. We competed for large periods with, with Manchester City. Last season, of course, 3-0 away, 3-0 at home. Um, the season before that, we lost 3-1 at the Etihad and we lost 2-0 at the Emirates Stadium. So it's been tough for Arsenal. It's been really, really tough for Arsenal um, against Manchester City in recent seasons. Of course, we've got that FA Cup semi-final win in the locker, which you could argue was more significant um, you know, than, than any of those league games we've played in recent seasons. So that is a, a blueprint that Arteta can, I guess, refer to as he looks to stifle uh, Pep Guardiola's side again. He almost stifled them earlier on this season in the Premier League, as I just mentioned. We only lost 1-0 at the Etihad. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's going to be interesting to see how this game is approached. And, and I can only say how I would go about it, how I would look at it. And I look at it in a very simplistic way, right? The Europa League right now is more important. The second leg against Benfica is more important. And the reason I say that is because, A, I believe that we stand right now, as things stand, a greater chance of qualifying for the Champions League via the Europa League route. That might be different in a few weeks' time, but right now that's where we stand. The other, side, the other thing you've got to look at is, even if we do play to something close to our absolute maximum, there's still a chance that City turn up at the Emirates Stadium and blow us away because they are that good. On their day, they are that good. Pep Guardiola has a, an upcoming Champions League game, and I've seen a lot made of that, um, you know, and, and the significance of that and whether Pep Guardiola will also be looking to rest players, looking to change it up. But the reality is that Pep Guardiola has such a deep squad. He has so many talented players sitting around at times that he can constantly refresh that side but it affects the quality of them uh, or their overall quality in a in a minimal way you know it doesn't really weaken them significantly when let's say for argument's sake Ferran Torres plays uh, on the flank instead of one of the other guys you know when uh, you know, it, it just, you know, when you saw them the other day, you know, it could be Laporte and Ruben Diaz at centre-back. It could be John Stones at centre-back. 
And again, it doesn't really um, make too much of a difference when it comes to Manchester City because everything is clicking right now for Pep Guardiola's side. And I talked about it earlier on a little bit on our show today where we were talking about the strength in depth um, and we were talking about the, the, the importance of having a deep squad now more than ever. It's no coincidence that the side with the deepest squad with the most quality within their ranks are top of the Premier League and look as though they're going to run away with it. Let's, uh, we're going to go over to the live chat in a minute um, to see what you guys are saying. But just a quick reminder, if you haven't already, make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. If you're interested in our membership scheme, click on the link in the description. We'd love to have you. Also, this podcast is sponsored by Manscaped.com. So uh, if you're in need of a trim down in the Forbidden Forest, if you're in need of some manscaping, some male grooming, and you don't have the ideal tools to do it, because I tell you what, once you get the right tools, it's a game changer. If you're interested in checking out Manscaped and the fantastic products that they do, head over to manscaped.com, enter the promo code, which is 90min20, 90min20, and that you will receive 20% off of your order as well as free shipping. Big hello to everybody joining us in the live chat on this Friday night session. I don't normally like to podcast on Friday nights. I always try and dedicate Friday nights to chilling out, relaxing, spending time with the family. Because for me, Saturday is a working day, as is Sunday, as is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. So I try and take a bit of a, a break. But as I said to you guys, we were going to do this show a little bit earlier on. But unfortunately, um, a few things I'm not going to say went wrong, but a couple of things took me a little bit longer um, than I expected today. And that's why uh, we are doing this show a little bit later on in the evening. You can see plenty of you in the chat are watching the game between Wolves and Leeds. I, I don't know about you guys, but I've got football burnout to a degree. You know, I love football, right? It's my life. It's my job. It's my work. It's my passion. It's everything. But even me, you know, the, the the fact that there's games on every single night, you know, like this week, right? We had game, I think we had a game on Monday, didn't we? You know, games on Tuesday and Wednesday in the Champions League, Thursday, the Europa League, Friday, Premier League, Saturday, Premier League, Sunday, Premier League, Serie A as well. And then we're going to start that whole rotation all over again. It's, it's too much. Anyone else agree? Do you feel like that as well? Do you feel like, Football is, is um, there's just too much of it at the moment. And I get why. I get that we've got to uh, get through the season a little bit quicker than usual. Um, and in many ways, it's kept us sane during this lock latest lockdown. But I can still do with a night off from it every once in a while. My view, anyway. Let me know what you guys think in the chat. Right, let's go over to the chat. Um, let's go over to the chat and see uh, what you guys are saying um, with regards to, of course, uh, the game coming up against Manchester City. Um, Omar says City are going to batter us. Intianan says, yeah, I agree, Omar. Standard 3-0 loss. Um, Selgear says, good morning, Harry. How you doing? Different background today. Yeah, I'm chilling out on my kind of, in the corner of the man cave, right? You've probably seen it in the background of videos. I've got this cool sort of reclining chair. And I had a look yesterday and I realised I've got these wonderful pictures around it. Look, I've even got more above it. Thierry Henry, Dennis Burkamp, there's loads um, scattered around the room. So I thought, why not get those in the camera shot? 
and uh, have a little bit of a change of scenery from time to time. Uh, Pratyush, another one of our members, he says the Benfica game is much more important. It feels that way now, doesn't it? It really does. Um, you know, that's not if Arsenal go and put a little run together of three or four wins now in the Premier League, which is going to be a massive ask because we've got some really difficult games coming up, then you start to look at things differently. And that's why this season is different to others. You know, you need to measure where you are and set short-term objectives, I think, and get to them, you know, achieve those objectives, and then you can look beyond that. And I said it a couple of times this season, you know, I've been looking at groups of games and saying, we need X amount of points from that, and then you can plan for the next run. This is a really difficult run to plan for, though, because there are a lot of tough fixtures coming Arsenal's way, and you just feel like we cannot possibly be at our best playing every few days. It just... We don't have we have the depth in terms of numbers, but in terms of top level quality, I think Mikel Arteta is, has worked out, or certainly believes that he has found his best eleven now, and I think he'll want to play that eleven as frequently as possible. And, and it's just not possible to maintain that high intensity to play uh, to our maximum every single game when the games are so close together. And it, it sounds like I'm making excuses for him, right? But Mikel Arteta is not the only manager that's dealing with this this season, right? You've seen what an impact it's had on Liverpool, who've had a few injuries. All of a sudden, a team that you thought were so far superior to anybody else in the Premier League that you thought looked indestructible in many ways, well, they're actually quite vulnerable once you get beyond that first eleven, And, you know, that's certainly the case with Arsenal and it's probably even worse for us because we haven't been that good over the last few years. We haven't got a manager who's been in the door uh, for a lot longer. We haven't got a manager who's managed to fully embed uh, his style of play on the group. And um, whilst we're going through this transition, while people are still learning, whilst uh, the whole situation at the club continues to develop, then it, it becomes even more difficult, you know, when you've got injuries and you've got players out. And uh, yeah, so it's... um. I don't know. I'm I'm feeling a bit... Normally, when we play a massive Premier League game, right, like this one is against Manchester City, when I talk about a big game, I talk about a game against one of the traditional big six. You should be excited, right? You should be uh, buzzing for it. You should be looking forward to it. You should be keen for it to start. But for me, I'm not feeling that way at the moment because... It feels like we've just become or we're starting to become as a fan base a little bit disengaged with this Premier League campaign because it's gone so badly and because it feels like with every passing week and with every result that doesn't go our way, we're kind of slipping and falling that little bit further behind the pack. It is a real worry. And I feel like unless we put that run together that I mentioned a little bit earlier on, where we do go and win four or five games on the spin like we did prior to the Wolves game, then it's difficult to get up for it. It's difficult to get up for games like this. And, you know, in years gone by, when Arsenal were hanging around the top four, um, not at our peak, I'm talking about when we were scraping into the top four, you still looked at games like Manchester City, right? And you thought, well, if Manchester City come to the Emirates and we've got a crowd behind us and we're it's, it's our day and, and everybody performs to their best, then we've got a really good chance. 
But Man City is so good at the moment and Arsenal are so inconsistent. It's impossible to go into the game with that buzz and with that optimism. And I hate being negative. Like I, I really do. I don't like it. But I'm feeling that way right now. And and maybe um, it's, it's a consequence from the disappointment that I'm still feeling about the game against Benfica. And again, you know, the disappointment I'm talking about is, is not is not because um, I think we're out of the tie or it's not because I don't think we st- we're, we're the favourites. It's because we should have put the tie to bed. And had we put the tie to bed, potentially this Sunday's game, you know, we would have looked at it and gone, well, now we can throw a little bit more out at this one and try and get a good result and try and kickstart our Premier League campaign because we've pretty much done the job against Benfica but because we haven't done the job that means that Mikel Arteta's approach now has to be maybe a little bit less ambitious maybe a little bit less radical maybe a little bit less um, brave because of where we find ourselves in that Europa League tie it's an added thing that we've got to worry about when the reality is we created the chances you know we we defended well enough for the most part and we should have been gone. We should have been that, that tie with Benfica should be over now. Uh, Chris Pantelli says, big you up, Harry. You are right. We have Pepe, Lacazette, Martinelli and Marie and holding all to come in on Sunday. I didn't even mention Martinelli. Yeah. How could I forget um, the Brazilian, you know, another player that Mikel Arteta could bring into the side. Let's continue through the comments a little bit. And then I will, um, I'll give you guys, my 11 for the game and, uh, and a prediction. I'd love to hear from you guys in the chat as well. Uh, Creambone66 says, Even Harry and all you Guna Simuites, in a season like this in the Prem, beating Man City with our current team is definitely possible. And I have a sneaky feeling we will. Uh, Pratyush asks, Do we follow the FA Cup formula here and play five at the back? I think the five at the back is well behind us. I think we've, we've moved on from that. We've developed tactically uh, from that. And as much as it, brought us joy and um, success in the FA Cup campaign last season. I can't see Mikel Arteta going back to it um, for this one. And I don't think he should go back to it, if I'm honest. I think, as I said, the likelihood is that we probably don't win the game on Sunday anyway. And does he want to set us back in terms of our tactical development, which is clearly there because Arsenal are playing better football now than they were two, three months ago. Arsenal are... Um, starting to get into a bit of a rhythm. You're starting to see that whoever comes into the team now understands the system because the system uh, has been in place for a little while now. We're starting to see the benefits of it. I think the players are believing in it. So I think it would be counterproductive actually to go back uh, to the back five. But given the success we experienced against Manchester City playing that way, I can understand um, where you're coming from, mate. Uh, Sergio says the FA Cup game against them could have been different if we had Matt Ryan in goal. FA Cup, you mean the Carabao Cup game where Ronarsson decided to throw the ball in his own net? Yeah, completely agreed. Uh, Elf says, as a Gunnar, I support the club, manager and players, giving all the benefit of the doubt. I feel Emery was denied the latter, although he got us to fifth in the EPL and the EL final. He won 21 matches in his full EPL season people still uh, feeling a little bit of injustice on behalf of Unai Emery. And look, Unai Emery, you know, 
I just think that for Unai Emery, having lost the Europa League final in the, the manner we did, and then the start to the following season, there was no real choice for the club. I think that the pressure was on the club to, to make a move, to deal with it. Um, you know, we've had this debate so many times on here. I don't really want to get fully into it again, but I just feel like what you got to remember is that for all the people that are sitting there slagging off Mikel Arteta and saying, oh, you know, but we're in 10th. Well, when he took over, we were in a dire position as well. Um, you know, yes, we finished eighth last season. He had plenty of time to improve on that. And he didn't for whatever reason, but he did win us an FA Cup. The difference between the two, as a lot of people say, and correctly, uh, and correctly, is that Unai Emery lost this cup final and Mikel Arteta won his. And sometimes fine margins um, have a big impact in, in uh, top-level football. It's just the way it is. For me, I look at Arteta now and I can see a plan. I can see a style of play. I can see the process of clearing people out and rebuilding from scratch. And I know people always make a joke and, and take the piss. You know, what is the process? You know, what's the actual process? Well, the process is refreshing and rebuilding a whole football club uh, from the top to the bottom. And that's what Mikel Arteta has decided to embark on. That's what he was brought in to do. Will it work? We don't really know yet. It's way too early to judge it either way. Um, you know, so you can um, you can argue it either way at this stage, but I think it's actually too early to judge um, definitively. But it feels like this season is, is fading away. You know, the, the Europa League remains our only kind of real bright spark. If we won that, it would it would almost mask over all the shit that's happened in the Premier League, just like the FA Cup win did last season. So, um, you know, Mikel Arteta still has an opportunity to, um, you know, to uh, to put that to put all the wrongs of this season so far right. But um, ultimately, whether he does that or not is what it will be judged on. That's what Unai Emery was judged on, and that's why he lost his job. Uh, switching the focus back to the game um, against Manchester City a little bit, Gunatel says we absolutely need to rest our key players. Uh, Pratik says, uh, funny how people want our own club to lose to peddle individual agendas. Yeah, you know what? There's a lot of people that will say, oh, I never want the club to lose. But I'll tell you what, man, if it gives them clout on social media and on YouTube and all these other places, then there are people out there who believe me. As much as they say they love the football club, there is a tiny little part of them that wants Arsenal to lose for the clout. Um, Steve Stone says, City have too much for us, I'm afraid. I looked at our bench last night and we can nearly field all of them for Sunday. Doesn't mean we cannot learn anything from the match, though. True. True. Um, JG says, Arsenal are progressing under Arteta, even though it might not be obvious. Yeah, that's a great point. And I was talking a little bit about it um, maybe a week or so ago now on the podcast. I talked about the fact that we needed to um, we needed to scratch a little bit below the surface uh, to try and, and actually judge whether Arsenal had made progress or not. It's not always as clear as day. Um, in fact, it's definitely not as clear as day. But I do feel that there is, uh, there is some progress there. Whether it's enough or not is the debate, and I will judge that at the end of the season. That's all I'm saying. 
Um, Captain Caramello says, Harry, this game is broadcast at 3.30 a.m. in Australia. Would wake up for it. Would you wake up for it if you had to work 12 hours in a physical job after it's finished? Ooh. Um, <laughs> I probably would because I'm an idiot when it comes to Arsenal. Um, I've done some stupid things in my lifetime. I've lied to get out of like events that I should have been at because I wanted to watch Arsenal. I didn't want to miss it. I've done all sorts. So I would probably do it. But any sane person looking at the game and looking at how dominant City are likely to be probably doesn't know. I've got to be honest with you, mate. Uh, Gunatel also says, if we go out of the Europa League, I genuinely think the backlash against Arteta would be enormous. The Benfica game is so important for him and Arsenal. The City game means nothing in comparison. Really good point. Um, Jashar says, I think we'll lose by three clear goals on Sunday. The extra day's rest for City and the travelling uh, we had will really impact us. Uh, Tommy says, I drive a lot in my job, Harry, so I'm loving this Friday night podcast. Passes the work faster. Good. Glad to hear it, mate. Um, Glad to hear uh, that is keeping you occupied at least. Um, what else have we got? Yo-Yo points out that when Arteta arrived last season, Arsenal were in 10th. So the progress at the moment is uh, gradual. Um, what else have we got here? Creambone says, Unai Emery was our rebound relationship after Wenger, which was needed. Arteta has had a baptism of fire and is making improvements. Remember, it took how, how long it took Man United to recover from Fergie. Yeah, and you you could even say that um, they still haven't fully recovered. You know, they've still not competed for a, a Premier League title, you know, properly. You know, I know they finished second one year under Mourinho, but they weren't ever in the race, really. Uh, Arsenal O says, one thing I'll give Arteta is that he's provided a form of identity and most importantly, most of the team plays at 100% on a fairly consistent basis. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that we're moving in the right direction. It's just a little bit too slow at the moment. I think that's the best way to sum it up. But that's enough about Mikel Arteta. That's enough about the general state of Arsenal, where we are, where we find ourselves. Let's look ahead now uh, properly to Sunday's game against Manchester City. What would be my team uh, to play against uh, Pep Guardiola's side in the Mikel Arteta derby, as I like to call it? This is the team I'm going with. I haven't got the fancy graphics for you today. I do apologise. Um, I haven't had a chance to sit and sort it all out. But Bern Leno in goal. Go with a back four of Hector Bellerin. Rob Holding. Gabriel and Kieran Tierney. In the midfield, I would go with Granit Xhaka and Danny Ceballos. Again, you know, in an ideal world, you rest one of those two. But I just don't think we're, we've got good enough alternative options. I don't want to see Mohamed Elneny in the side, although I suspect he, he may come into it. Um, in the attacking three, I want to see Pepe. I want to see... Lacazette, and I want to see Aubameyang. And um, in the number 10 position, I'll go with Martin Odegaard, just because I think that, um, I think that, um, I think that Emil Smith-Rowe probably needs to break a little bit more. And I'd be more worried about break, uh, about Emil Smith-Rowe breaking down and doing 
longer term damage because he's our player at the end of the day, as selfish as that sounds. So that's the team I'm going with. So let me just repeat that. Burn Leno in goal. I'm going with a back four of Bellerin, Holding, Gabriel. Is that what I said the first time? <laughs> I can't even remember. Um, and Tierney. In midfield, I'd go with Xhaka, Ceballos and Odegaard. And my front three would be Pepe, Aubameyang and Lacazette. Maybe I'd leave Aubameyang out and go with Martinelli. I'm not 100% sure. Um, there are options. I think that's the most interesting part of the team. Like, I think when you're talking about that defensive midfield pivot, I don't think Arteta has much choice. You know, it's either bring El Nini in or don't. Simple as that. Um, when you move further up in the pitch in the number 10 position, there's only two candidates that should play. I do wonder, though, if Willian is going to get a game. You know, I, I, as much as that pains me, I do think that that is a possibility it is on the cards. Um, I'd like to see Pepe play, but I'd also like to see Bukayo Saka rested. But then equally, I don't really want to see Pepe playing on the right because I think he's so much better on the left. So that's that's my kind of issue. But that's the team I'd go with anyway. So let me just repeat that one more time. Berliner in goal. Hector Bayerin, Rob Holding, Gabriel and Kieran Tierney with Xhaka and Ceballos in midfield. Martin Erdegaard as the number 10 uh, with Pepe, Lacazette and Aubameyang. Um, and I'm putting Aubameyang in there because he's not played a great deal of football over the last few weeks. I know he did, he missed training and if emotionally maybe he wasn't quite uh, right. And that's why he's been sort of slowly brought back into the side as well. And I get all that. But I always think when you look at a player like Aubameyang, who, whatever you think about his performance last night, is so, so important to this team. You know, Aubameyang scores goals, Arsenal win football matches. It's as simple as that because we don't get enough goals from the others. That's the harsh reality of it. And I always think as a striker, as a forward, when you've just had a game like that, whereby you're not, you, you've missed glorious opportunities, you haven't performed to your best. I think the best remedy for that and the quickest way to get over it is to play football matches and to try and score goals. And so I would put him in the team. Martinelli uh, is, of course, an option. You know, there's no question about that. I think he um, is someone that Mikel Arteta will consider. I just think there's a little bit of a disconnect between Mikel Arteta and, and Gabriel Martinelli. A lot of people say it's that Mikel Arteta doesn't like him. Uh, Ricardo says that in the chat. Um, he says, Arteta doesn't like Martinelli. That's, that's not what it is. You know, this is not a manager who dislikes a footballer and doesn't want him in the team. What it is, I think, is there's a little bit of a disconnect between what Gabriel Martinelli feels is his best position and what Mikel Arteta feels is his best position, right? Martinelli wants to play from the left flank. He wants to play from the left flank. He's said it in countless interviews. That's where he wants to play from that wide left position. I, in my mind, based on what I've watched, based on the selections he's made, I feel like Mikel Arteta, it's not that he's not convinced by Martinelli, it's that he's not convinced by Martinelli as a left winger. I think he's trying to persuade the guy um, to play as a centre forward. He brought him on yesterday um, as a striker. But he doesn't do that often. Ray Anderson says it in the chat. 
Arteta plays Martinelli as a striker. I think that's what Arteta wants to do. He hasn't done it very often. Hasn't done it very often at all. It's been Lacazette, Oba or Enketia. Martinelli hasn't had a sniff even since coming back fit uh, as a centre-forward. Um, you know, since he's, he's come back to fitness. So I think that Martinelli will get game time. But I think that game time is more likely to come in a centre forward position. I think he looks at, at him as someone who needs a bit of protection because of the, the serious injury he had. It's very important to our future. And I think when you're looking at the fact that Mikel doesn't always like to play over through the middle, when you look at the fact that Mikel um, clearly has gone off of Eddie and Ketia in recent weeks, doesn't think he's good enough. We don't know what's happening with Balogun, but even if Balogun did sign a contract, is he ready to play centre-forward for Arsenal week in, week out? Absolutely not. The guy's not done it at first-team level yet. Let's be realistic. I know people love to blow smoke up following Balogun's ass, but the guy's done nothing yet at the top level, To first of all, to, to command the place in the starting lineup, And second of all, he hasn't even done enough to be commanding the contract that he wants. You know, the the high salary, the guarantees of game time. Who is following Balogun to demand that? So you can understand why the club are reluctant to do that deal or reluctant to give in to his demands around playing time or salary or whatever the stumbling point is. I think it's probably playing time, but whatever it is, he's not in a position to make demands. I think that Arteta looks at Martinelli and sees someone, as I said, who's got a big future, who will be very important for Arsenal Football Club in the years to come. You know, there's been a lot of talk this week as well about the idea of of um, selling um, selling Alexander Lacazette in the summer. You know, Alex Lacazette is um, is of course uh, or will be of course coming into the last season of his contract next season. So, would it be wise to cash in on him in the summer? And if he does, does he see Gabriel Martinelli as a potential replacement going forward? And are is there this kind of work going on behind the scenes to convert Martinelli from a left winger to a centre forward. Because it's a different position. It requires a different skill set. And it won't just happen overnight. But I think the fact that he brought him on last night and put him in the middle probably shows that Mikel is, is trying to work on that. You know, Gabriel Martinelli at this moment in time might not feel that that's his best position, might not want to play there. But I do think that, um, I do think that, Mikel rates him. I, I, I don't buy this thing where everyone goes, oh, but Mikel doesn't rate him. No, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. He's a fucking top, top player. And Mikel Arteta will recognise that. Anyone who's anyone recognises that. You recognise that. I recognise that. And we're just football fans. So nobody can tell me that Mikel Arteta doesn't recognise it. He absolutely does. It's just, I think he's stuck between trying to protect him trying to manage his fitness because that was a horrible injury that he's had. Um, also trying to find the best way to use him, try to get the most out of him in terms of what he brings to the team. So, yeah, I think there's, um, I think that's a far more complicated situation than people just saying Mikel doesn't rate him. I don't believe that to be the case whatsoever. So giving you guys my team for the game against Manchester City and having 
spoken like the world's going to end for the best part of 35 minutes. I'm now going to predict an Arsenal win. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, no, my realistic prediction. I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. I feel like Arsenal can compete with City. You know, I do worry that the game in Rome maybe has taken a bit out of us physically and we might start to tire later on. But um, I'm confident Arsenal can get a result here because I feel like we're playing well lately. I really do. And um, the results haven't always reflected that. Um, we've not been anywhere new ruthless enough uh, in the opposition penalty area. Mikel Arteta alluded to that yesterday, as did Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang following the game. But um, I've got a sneaky feeling that Arsenal will get a result. I'm not going to say they're going to win, uh, but I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw, as I said. Um, one-one draw, Arsenal Man City at the Emirates Stadium on Sunday. Right, that brings me to the end of the show. Um, thank you to everyone for tuning in at this later time. Really appreciate it. Um, looking forward to catching up with you guys on Sunday. Uh, there will be no content on the channel tomorrow. Um, I'm working tomorrow. I am covering the Merseyside Derby for VCN in the United States. So I'll be on live commentary uh, for that one going out all across North America um, on iHeartRadio. So you can tune in and, um, and join me for that if you fancy it. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to, to doing that. Looking forward to the rest of my evening, which is just going to be a nice chill done. I might stick on a film. I haven't watched a good film in a while. Um, and yeah, we'll be back on Sunday. As I say, we'll be bringing you the watch along for the game. And then we'll be bringing you the review show uh, just afterwards. So look forward to chatting to you all then. Until then, take care. Have a lovely Saturday. Cheers. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. <laughs>